Afternoon Drive with Goodman and Mason, presented by Silter Har Mazda. A no-pressure buying experience in Broomfield at Silter Har Mazda. Find them at sthmazda.com. Live from the Sasquatch Casino and Wildcard Casino Sports Desk, here's Eric and Andrew. Good afternoon, everybody. Welcome to Afternoon Drive. Goodman Mason. Watch us. MileHighSports.com. You can reach us. Rocky Mountain Forest Products Twitter feed. At Mace Denver. At Eric Goodman. If you are looking for wholesale lumber to the public, go to RMFP.com. What a nice snowy day, isn't it? Yeah. Right now, I feel pretty good about getting on a plane for California tomorrow, and I think you feel pretty good about getting on a plane for Texas. I do. Tomorrow morning. It's going to be a little windy. It's going to be in the low 50s. That's fine, but it'll be in the 70s on uh, Sunday. We're playing 36, so just getting out of here for a bit would be great, and same for you, right? Yes. Okay. California dreaming on a, on such a winter's day as the song went. I think Dan, didn't, Danny, didn't you use that song this week, earlier, as bumper I, music? I played that one yesterday. Yeah, that's box. right. Yep. I thought so. Yeah. yeah. Nice. Okay. You want to uh, Should we start the show, or you just want to... Should we just babble for a while? Because after all, it is a football Friday. <laughs> what is next week then? Because next Sunday is a weekend without football. Even even last week we had the Senior Bowl and the <clears throat> Pro Bowl. Right, right. The the uh, glorified <laughs> touch football game. Time it was now, a walkthrough. Is what time it was. Now, time now for the lead. The lead presented by Sasquatch Casino and Blackhawk. All right, per NFL Network, Ian Rappaport, Broncos are expected to hire longtime defensive coordinator Dom Capers as a senior defensive assistant to assist the guy that many believe that Nathaniel Hackett is going to hire as his defensive coordinator, Eero Evero. Zero. Zero. Zero Evero, excuse me. Uh, Capers had been the head coach of the Panthers and the Texans. He's been a defensive coordinator four times. And this is crazy. This is the fourth consecutive year he has been a senior defensive assistant. Previous years, all one-year stops. Lions, Vikings, Jaguars, and now the Broncos. You and I have had this conversation more than a few times. The Broncos have a really young coaching staff. They should bring in someone who has maybe been a head coach before, a veteran, just so Hackett can bounce things off of a veteran former head coach. We know that the uh, Broncos' former defensive line coach is going to be sticking around Bill Kolar, but he wasn't a head coach. Do you consider this significant or not significant? Very significant. Yeah, me too. Even though like he's kind of carved out this niche here as a senior defensive assistant as he uh, – Goes through his uh, his his golden years. He's going to be seventy two uh, during training camp. But Jaguars twenty nineteen, Vikings twenty twenty, where he was around George Payton, and then the Lions in twenty twenty one. And uh, of course, the other thing is Evero worked with him in twenty sixteen when he was on the Packers defensive staff, and Capers was toward the end of a nine year run as Green Bay's defensive coordinator. So you've got you've got connections. All around here. This is, a, and the other thing that is really interesting is this: 
a lot of the Vic Fangio principles in terms of zone coverage and uh, trying to disguise things, he learned from being around Dom Capers and, in fact, was Dom Capers his defensive coordinator both in Carolina and Houston. So what this also tells me is, schematically, Broncos are planning on keeping things pretty much the same as they were on defense. Right. Now, some people have suggested, why not bring in Wade Phillips? He's not working, but then I'm thinking he's a man-to-man guy. Why not bring in Gary Kubiak? Both guys, obviously, uh, former head coaches for the Broncos, and, of course, there's a connection between Kubiak and Clint Kubiak. Would you rather have Wade or Gary over Dom Capers? Personally, Yes, but... Which guy? I'd rather have Gary. You think that would be a little odd? Why? Or no. Well, well, former head coach of the Broncos, not to mention the, off- the the quarterback's coach just happens to be his son. Well, he'd be as involved as he wanted to be if that were the case. I don't, right? I don't think that's a... If everyone can, you know, just swallow their egos i don't think that would be a big d a big deal the reason the thing with dom capers personally i would vouch for wade phillips because we've seen what he can do but if schematically they want to keep doing the the vic fangio things then you have evero who worked under brandon staley with the rams in 2019 and even though raheem morris was their defensive or 2020 and, and even though Raheem Morris was their defensive coordinator this year, and he's a Tampa 2 guy. He was basically running the, the, the same defense. They were kind of with a lot of too high safety. They kept that intact. So I like the schematic consistency here. This, this, it, this tells me that they don't want to reinvent the wheel on the defensive side. All right. They just want some new ideas. You think he was brought in more to be the wise old sage, the Yoda type? Or do you think he was brought in to really help with the defense? Because somebody said to me today, for Dom Capers, he is in his 70s. Game has probably passed him by a little bit. He has a lot of knowledge. But as this person said to me on the phone, I don't know how much I really want Dom Capers involved in the actual game planning. Sounding board, different. Helping out Hackett when you're on a 2-3 game losing streak, that could be more beneficial. So what do you think? Do you think he was hired more as the Yoda type or do you think he was more to be involved? More as the Yoda type, but at the same time, if Evero in his first gig is defensive coordinator, if there's a struggle to adjust, then you, then he can be there to help out. I think you start with the 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 tr- the true consultant type, someone you lean on for exp- for experience, but you don't know how we don't know how Evero's going to be. This is going to be his first time running a defense, and he's going to have a lot of coaches around him who are also level jumping. A couple of guys coming from the college ranks, for example, uh, to to work as position coaches here. I think all of them would be extremely wise to, if they have any trouble, to to lean on the person who's done all of that before. Right. For some advice. Not to do the job, but for advice. Right. Concern you at all that he's gone, this is his fourth job in four years, all all of them at the same exact level. None of them have been promotions. I mean, you just look at his resume. It says, after being with the Packers from 09 to 2017, being a part of a Super Bowl run as a defensive coordinator. Oh, and by the way, he knows Aaron Rodgers, so hey. Now there's another reason for Aaron to come here. 
with that, if Aaron Rodgers likes him. Well, I can't imagine they really got together much. There was, probably wasn't much of a reason, but that's not my point. Vikings, 2020, senior defensive assistant. Next year, Lions, senior defensive assistant. Next year, Broncos, senior defensive assistant. By the way, before I said the Vikings, he was with Jacksonville as a senior defensive assistant. D- does that pop off the page to you like it kind of does for me? Uh, not really, because this is a 70-something-year-old guy. Like I say, he's going to be 72 in August, who I think is basic, who's signing one-year contracts and is basically going year-to-year, maybe even month-to-month. I think what he is is a consultant as much as anything else. And he's not going to... moving. he's moving job-to-job for that reason. And he's not going to work the same hours as the other coaches. No. Nor, nor would anyone really want to, except unless your name is like Dick LeBeau, who was a coordinator deep into his 70s, but... Uh, most people, when they get to that age, if they're still involved, it's kind of as a on, on a more on a more limited basis, a more time, I guess, time restricted basis. How would you like to walk into this guy's closet if he has saved any of his hoodies or any of his jerseys? You don't have to count; it's eleven. This is his eleventh team that he has been with in the NFL. What do you think that closet looks like? If he has saved something, here I'll give you a good example. You think he's saved something from everywhere? I'll, well, I'll, I'll tell you, and I, I don't mean to, I, I, how do I put this? I'll bet you he saved a hat from everywhere. I am not trying to violate any privacy laws here, okay? Mm-hmm. And I don't think he would be upset with me for saying this. And I never intended to bring this up, but th- if I was ever going to bring it up, now is the time, okay? Building it up to something. Todd Davis had a cup of coffee with the Giants, right? Yes. I walked into the gym the other day. He's wearing a Giants hoodie. I'm thinking, dude, you had a cup of coffee with this team. You saved the gear? I said, I thought you were a Bronco for life. And he goes, well, he goes, they gave it to me. I was there for like a week. So I just hung on to it. Now he's wearing it at the gym. It's free clothes. I understand. Free free workout. I understand In his case, free workout gear. You're not going to turn down free workout gear. So my point is, why wouldn't capers hang on to something from every team maybe a sweatshirt or something what do you think that guy's closet looks like and oh by the way colorful that's what it probably oh my looks god like. i mean because these are the teams the, he's been because with. he's got he he was with a team that wore, wore honolulu blue last year purple the year before teal teal the year before that bright green and bright gold he's been in miami with aqua He's probably got, he was in Carolina, which is electric blue. He's probably got the liveliest closet in terms of colors that you can possibly imagine if he's keeping something from every stop. Well, you know who else does? Wade Phillips does, right? And Vic Fangio does. Well, a lot of Navy in, in Wade's closet because he was with the Rams when they still wore Navy, and then he was with the Broncos, and then he was with the Texans, and they wore Navy in Dallas. Well, so Wade's closet is much uh, less lively and monochromatic probably than Capers' closet is. Clay, Capers' colors are all over the place. I, I mean... The stops he's been in, by the way, so 11 NFL teams, right? Mm -hmm. Then Kent State as a grad assistant, Washington, Hawaii, San Jose State, California, Tennessee, Ohio State, the Philadelphia Stars. So that's eight more. So Um, a lot of coaches do have that sort of peripatetic background. And everything, everything, when you look at his resume, I'm not criticizing it, but generally speaking, Outside of the Green Bay Packers, he hasn't stayed anywhere more than three years, if I'm reading it correctly, and I'm just taking a he glance was in New at Orleans New Orleans, six. 86 to 91. Six seasons in New Orleans, 
Um, 95 to 94. Carolina was four seasons. Right. Other than that, and Green Bay, other than that, I mean, this guy probably doesn't buy milk. Or he walks around with a bunch of, a stack of change of address cards. Well, he was, what is interesting is two of the, the two head coaching stints were both expansion teams. He was the first head coach of the Panthers, first head coach of the Texans. Now, like there's, like there's a there's a one year gap there between the Jaguars and the Texans, but there's an asterisk by that. That one year was because the Texans hired him early, right? So he he spent a year kind of helping lay the groundwork for what for the Texans starting off things. Overall, I think they hired a guy um, that is a wise old sage that you can bounce things off of. I'm guessing Hackett might have wanted Doug Marone a little bit more, but he took a job before this. Maybe Kubiak could have been a possibility. Maybe Wade Phillips. But to your point, Dom Capers runs a similar style of defense, unlike Wade Phillips with Vic Fangio. And that probably makes some sense for sure. Coming up after the break, what would the Nuggets look like if they had a healthy Jamal Murray and a healthy Michael Porter Jr. in time for the playoffs? That might be a possibility. We'll talk about it next. Singing songs to me beneath the marquee. They're playing basketball. We love that basketball. They're playing basketball. Afternoon drive with Goodman and Mason, presented by Silter Har Mazda. A no-pressure buying experience in Broomfield at Silter Har Mazda. Find them at sthmazda.com. Live from the Sasquatch Casino and Wildcard Casino Sports Desk, here's Eric and Andrew. Welcome back. Afternoon drive. Goodman Mason. Watch us. MileHighSports.com. You can reach us. Rocky Mountain Forest Products. Twitter feed at Mace Denver at Eric Goodman. If you're looking for wholesale lumber to the public, go to rmfp.com. In the meantime, I want to tell you about Siltahar Mazda. Loaded with inventory. You can get the right car at the right price. Kind of like the Mazda CX-5 or the Mazda CX-30. Looking at the weather outside. Yep, it is snowing again. So one of these rides would be perfect. Specifically, the CX-30. Although the CX-5 is outstanding as well. But let me tell you about the CX-30. Small crossover SUV, all-wheel drive, perfect in this weather, right? Leather trim seats, great power, 32 miles to the gallon on the highway. You need to take one for a test drive today. At Siltar Mazda, it is stress-free. It is hassle-free. And you know what? That's the way it should be. That's the kind of car-buying experience you want. You're going to get that at Siltar Mazda. Go to Roomfield or check them out at sthmazda.com. I'm not going to necessarily call this breaking news. Uh, we I, we talked about this in the last segment, that the um, Broncos are more than likely going to hire Rams uh Secondary coach, if that's what you want to call him, Eero. Eero. God, you are having a lot of trouble with that. I am. It's like this is like uh, this is like Tungo Vailoa for you, and it's kind mm-hmm. of like Chano for you. Yeah, Chanolt. Right. Yeah, I, I figured it out. Right. Mm-hmm. Well, no, because I beat you over the head with it. Yeah. Right. Eero Evero. Okay, so he's likely going to be the defensive coordinator. And the Broncos are going with a new approach on special teams instead of one brain and Tom McMahon. Reportedly, they're going to go with two. Dwayne Stukes, who is the special teams coordinator, assistant special teams coordinator for the Rams, and then Mike Mallory. This news came out last week. Uh, he is going to be 
a co-special teams coach. So two brains are better than one. They had two special teams coaches early, the last regime as well, but you had a special teams coordinator and assistant special teams coach. Right. But with these, Tom McMahon and Chris Gould. Okay, with that, they have three first-time coordinators. Thank goodness they have Dom Capers there to at least be a Yoda type because that is as fresh as you get. I'm guessing that has happened in NFL history. I'm guessing it has happened, uh, especially in the early days of the NFL where everybody was first time. I was waiting for you to tell me that. Um, but that's odd, right? It's odd. I mean, now Green Bay had usually, with uh, Matt LaFleur and, of course, Hackett being the OC, had gone for, generally speaking, a younger type of staff uh, in some spots. But but uh, even Nathaniel Hackett had been a play caller in Jacksonville, and um, and they had... Uh, for for a little while, as defensive coordinator Mike Pettin, who had been a head coach, so this it, but the, a lot of a lot of the position coaches were younger. But going with such youth all across the board, for the most part, with the exception of Capers, this is unusual, right? And it's a it's a calculated risk here. Um, well, Payton is certainly the, letting Hackett hire the guys he but wants. But the interesting thing, though, is. He's letting him hire the guys he wants, but like for example, they had John Embry in the building, but Embry is now working with the Miami Dolphins right. as as a tight end coach. So, right. I, you know, we talked about Embry being as good as there you could find as a tight ends coach, and now you're kind of starting over there. I mean, Zach well, why, why, Zach Azani is one of the most is going to be on. Why the is John Embry as good as it gets as, as a tight end coach? Yeah, why as a tight end coach? Why? Because everywhere he's been as tight end coach, he's developed a very good tight end. Besides Kittle, who else? He did it. He did it with the tight ends in Washington as well. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. I don't want him anywhere around head coaching talk. Well, that's not what he was there to. Well, he but he would have been, been a guy you lean on. I don't. I don't want to. I don't want to hear from John Embry on how to coach a team after the disaster that was up in Boulder. I don't want to hear it. You're not part of the conversation. As a matter of fact, you're not allowed in the room. I want to hear what you have to say about tight ends. I don't want to hear your opinions on how to be a head coach. Sometimes failed coaches can tell you what not to do. Well, when it comes to failure, um, he's near the top of the list. Not only with who he hired as his assistant coaches, but how he handled the program. Right. Don't, don't want to hear it from John Embry. I don't need his opinion on how to be a head coach. He hired Eric Bieniemy. We should call Andy Reid a failure because he hired Eric Bieniemy too. Uh, Eric Bieniemy was a failure because he was an ass to his players, and he verbally abused them. Yeah, and he didn't well, do and he didn't do anything about it. But what you're saying, but what you're saying, he had a program well, well, out of control. You're impugning somebody for a hire. Well, if Eric Bieniemy failed at, at CU, right? Then why are we impugning John Embry, and we're not impugning Eric Reed for hiring the same or Andy Reed for hiring the same coach? Uh, well, Andy Reed seems like it's kind of personal. Here. A- Andy Reed wasn't is isn't Eric Bieniemy's buddy. Where Embry cut those guys loose on those teenagers. That's the difference. I'm not suggesting Eric Bieniemy doesn't have knowledge. I'm saying the way he coached. I've talked to m- too many people about the way that program was run. And it was out of control. Bad. Yeah. Like the police should have been waiting outside the door to have conversations with some of those coaches with the way those coaches talk to those players. And maybe John Embry learned from that. I, well, good. I don't need his opinion as a head coach. Time now for the buzz. 
The Buzz is presented by Eric Cook at Farmers Insurance. The Cook Insurance Group, focused on people, not policies. Call today at 303-790-8089. That's 303-790-8089. And one more note on here. Outside of John Embry being a tight ends coach, where has he gotten a promotion since he has left Colorado? He was assistant head coach in San Francisco. Okay. To Mike Shanahan, or to Kyle Shanahan. Yeah. And then he became the tight ends coach. So as an assistant head coach, he was assistant head coach and tight ends coach, which by the way, is the same title that he has in Miami. Good for him. Nuggets. President Tim Conley talked about the status of Jamal Murray and Michael Porter Jr. Saying that he thinks both will be physically cleared to return in the not too distant future. And it's up to them to determine when and if they are ready to play. You think this is one reason why there were no trades yesterday for the Nuggets? Of course. Yep, I think so too. Yeah. The, you look on the market and say, are we going to uh, get anybody via trade who's going to be more helpful than the people who are coming back within our own building? Why Why give up more capital? Right. You've, you've already made trades this, over the last 12 months. You've already surrendered some some assets. You get these two guys back without giving any more. I mean, that, that's... That, that, look, that's... That's the the nitro boost that this team probably needs here, and you're not. And I don't, with all respect to the Nuggets, to, or to pardon me, to the Sixers and the Nets, who, like we both said, probably had a win win trade yesterday. Nobody is going to get more back in the lineup than via trade or any other route than the Nuggets could get by getting these two back. So, what kind of expectations does it set if both guys are on the floor? and reasonably they could be, by April 1st. Are we now saying this team should contend for a title seriously? I'm not sure, like, as not contend for a title, but I would I would say you should be disappointed with anything less than going to the conference finals. Wow. That's something. Well, let's say, put it this way. They become the team that, that Conley's wanted. But also, and Malone. they become the team that other clubs are fighting to make sure they don't have to play in the first round. Like, let's say they're still sitting at the number six seed, and that's where they end up, right? Mm-hmm. Nobody wants to be the three seed and play that team. You don't, for right now, that'd be the Memphis Grizzlies. You would not want to be the Memphis, Memphis Grizzlies who don't have a lot of experience going up against this lineup, which has much more playoff experience. It is my understanding that the Nuggets training staff is leans on the side of caution, which I think is a good thing. These are yeah, especially with the contracts these guys have. Right, but I'm saying in general that training staff leans on the side of caution. Not all training staffs lean that way. Let's look at I don't know the Golden State Warriors. Did they lean on the side of caution with Kevin Durant before he blew out his knee? No, they didn't. I'm saying the Nuggets do. And to your point with the guaranteed contract, that makes a lot of sense. I'm wondering if we should really put it in the players' hands 100% to say, I want to get out there. I still think oh. there needs to be an adult in the room to say, I'm not so sure you're ready to go yet. A- absolutely shouldn't be in the players' hands 100%. Yeah, but, that, but, but again, this is what Conley said, okay? It's up to them to determine when and if they're ready to play. Yeah, I think you want to empower your guys, but you also... <clears throat> You you can you I think you also can say if the if the doctors tell you you're not all the way back, right? 
because and again you hate sacrificing a season but you have to think of the next 3 to 5 years and if, i'm just thinking smart and i'm just thinking if you have a max contract and i know you want to get out there why would you rush yourself see in the nfl you want to get on the field because nothing is really guaranteed except for that upfront money. Mm -hmm. They can cut you pretty much any time. In basketball, it's different. In hockey, it's different. In baseball, it's different. So I just hope these guys go on the floor when they are absolutely ready. I mean, and if they're yeah. not, so be it. I mean, this is kind of uh, you know, as the this, this as Cubs fans used to say, yeah. wait until next year. This is kind of uh, you know, kind of Pollyanna-ish, perhaps, but. You think maybe part of it is I want to be out there with my guys. Right. That it's not about the money. It's about I want to play. I want to play with my team. I, I want to play with my teammates. I want to be there so we can, because we have a chance to accomplish something special here in this window. Right. And if they're back by April 1, even though they would have missed a lot of time, that's that still offers a chance to make the most of this year in the window rather than just waiting for next October. And in the case of Jamal Murray, it'll be 12, it'll be just a shade under 12 months. He should, he should be ready. Even in with the demands on an ACL in basketball, that should be enough time for him to be very close to himself. Right. By the way, did you uh, did, did you watch like there was a video posted on social media of uh, Michael Porter Jr. shooting? Like, in, oh, I don't God. make too much of it. Okay, please don't because we see no, that all the this time. This isn't with about. Mike. We see that all the no, time with Murray. This isn't about health. This is about watching a great shooter at an NBA level just stand there and nail shot after shot after shot. It's like watching. Ty Webb in Caddyshack when he's cavorting around the green yeah. and he's just he's turning his back and every and every ball goes in. You know what? That's that that is his strength shooting. Yes. You know you know you know what isn't his strength that we're not going to see defense. It, that too, moving without the ball. That's what I want to see improvement on. Moving without the ball because that's something he's not good at. And right now we're after his surgery. I don't expect them to be moving without the ball. The question is, it's not so much a physical thing, which he'll be fine on. It's from the neck up. Is he willing to move without the ball instead of standing in the same spot like he has done for since he has come into the league? It's an AAU mentality. Yeah. I'll just stand stationary here and shooter. I'll wait for you to pass me the ball. Yeah, stationary shooter. Exactly. Coming up after the break, Rocky Mountain Forest Products Gambling Challenge with our friends Ty, Cal, Kane, and Evan from the Just Us Guys podcast. We are going to talk about the over-under. We're going to talk about the Rams being four-point favorites. And do you want the quarterbacks or the field in the MVP conversation for the Super Bowl? That's next.
Avenue Drive with Goodman and Mason. Presented by Silter Har Mazda. A no-pressure buying experience in Broomfield at Silter Har Mazda. Find them at sthmazda.com. Live from the Sasquatch Casino and Wildcard Casino Sports Desk, here's Eric and Andrew. Welcome back. Afternoon Drive. Goodman, Mason, watch us. MileHighSports.com. You can reach us. Rocky Mountain Forest Products Twitter feed at Mace Denver at Eric Goodman. If you're looking for wholesale lumber to the public, go to rmfp.com. Time now for What's Trending. What's Trending. Presented by Silterhar Mazda. Get to Silterhar in Broomfield for a no-pressure buying experience at Silterhar Mazda. Or find them at sthmazda.com. A lot of different bets we can get to with the Super Bowl. We can go through probably a dozen or so prop bets, but we only have so much time. So let's talk about who's going to win the game with the spread over under. And even though this isn't a real bet, we'll just have some fun with it, uh, which would be if you had to pick the Super Bowl MVP, would you pick the quarterbacks or the field? Let's start it off. According to FanDuel, Rams are four-point favorites. Give me the Rams. Give me the Rams probably by double digits. Wow. See, to me, it all comes down to how much pressure they get on Burrow. If if those guys up front get pressure on Burrow, then I have no problems taking the Rams and giving the points. Yeah, and and this is and and this is the thing. I think they will generate pressure uh, on that Bengals offensive line, which is going to be the primary target of the Bengals offseason plan. Yeah, both in free agency and the draft. Really, they've got to get through 60 more minutes without Joe Burrow getting hurt again, and they would have survived. But uh, it's been kind of a Russian roulette situation back there behind that O-line. And it's the kind of matchup that I think has the potential to make this game get out of hand. Never has the term adjustment been more accurate than watching the AFC Championship game. So I think, yeah, maybe the Rams bolt out to a big lead. But then what kind of adjustments do the Bengals do specifically on defense? I will... I'll take the Rams and give the points as well. Over under 48 and a half. You know, this is one that, as was said on the Simpsons, maybe you pick it if you're one of those compulsive types who has to bet. I would stay away from this because I think the number is going to be right there around 48. So if you're flipping a coin, I'm going to say under. I would, I'd go with the under at 48 and a half. I think it might go up another point because we had um, Zach Price on the show and he brought up a great point. People bet because they want to see action. Yeah. So I think that number is going to climb at up to about 49 and a half. I would take the under even if it was at 48 and a half. All right, Super Bowl MVP. You want Stafford and Burrow or the field? Field. And this is a year with two guys on defense specifically and Cooper Cup where you'd feel confident mm-hmm. taking the field. And I would take the field as well. And if the Bengals pull off an upset, it sets up for No, it'll be trade. Burrow. Yeah. If the Bengals well, win, it'll be it Burrow. It sets up for Jamar Chase if he goes off. Or if it's pressure on Matthew Stafford, you've got a great pass rusher in Trey Hendrickson who could be in the mix too. Right. Guys, what do you about- think? What's that? Sorry to interrupt you That's while all right. you were doing Guys, what do you think? Guys, what do you think? Uh, <laughs> Guys, what, what? I want to make it clean. Guys, what do you think? You're making a lot of editing. I'm sorry. Here tonight. <laughs> you can bet that in FanDuel, the uh, the field is plus 225. That's not crazy high. It's not. It's either a quarterback or the field plus 225. Mm. Would you bet that? I bet the field, yeah. How much would you put down? Uh, You're a compulsive gambler. Yeah, five bucks. 
I'm not a big money. I'm not a big money gambler. It's not my thing. Okay, it's a lot of people's things. It's not my thing. All right, let's talk about the game briefly. How do you uh, how do you envision this thing playing out? Uh, I envision in the parlance of Newt Lelouch from Bull Durham. I, I envision. Can the, you quote any other movies or shows? I, I'll be happy to keep working them in, but I envision the Rams pass rushers announcing their presence with authority. Um. I think you mentioned how the Bengals. He didn't say nuclear. Should not say pass rushers, though. No, but he said. But he said he wanted to throw the heater and announce his presence with. So you're merging a thought with an actual line. Yes. Okay. Like I said, in the parlance of. In the parlance of. I I don't another I, another. I didn't do well in the verbal portion another, of the SAT. Another you know well that. another reference because that was a that's from Big Lebowski in the parlance of our times. Uh-huh. Anyway, do you have any original thoughts? No, I don't. I don't think so. But then again, there's nothing new under the sun. I mean, that's in the Bible, I think. Yeah. Which which testament? Because I only read the new. I think. No, I the you old. read the old. I mean, you read, I read the, the old, old testament. I read the old, not the new. Um, not that I don't believe in the new. I mean, you know, there are more than just Jewish people that listen to the show. Yes. Kind of like Michael Jordan. Uh, de- basically, uh, everybody buys shoes. Not just Democrats. I mean, do we want to go through like uh, we want we want to go through the Quran? We want to go through. You know, the text of the Buddha. I mean, just Dianetics. Dianetics. <laughs> the Book of Mormon. I, I, have a good, I have a good friend who believes in that book. Um, so quickly, how do you see it playing out? Uh, Rams get some pressure early on the defensive side. Uh, Cincinnati adjusts, but they've had trouble against this type of defense. We mentioned, of course, the schematic similarities between the Rams and the Broncos, which is something they're going to try to keep up uh, this coming season. And we know what the Broncos' defense did to the the Bengals. I think I think the Bengals are going to have trouble moving the ball. I think you're going to see some early shots from the Rams, and then I think they're they're going to run to maintain the lead. I see a 31-17 type of game. In it, the it's end. funny you should say that because Vic Fangio influenced defenses. Mm-hmm. have had a lot of, have given Joe Burrow a lot of problems. Teams that emphasize double high safety. Correct. So the Chargers are one of those teams. The Broncos are one of those teams. And there were two other teams. The Bears are one of those teams. And if you look back at those three games, and there's another one that I'm missing, mm-hmm. those four defenses gave Burrow problems, and he's about to face another one. Yeah. The Bengals, I think they're a very good team, and I do, and... I'd like to see them back. I don't think this is going to be their last time on the stage, but I think that we're going to find out on Sunday they're just not ready yet. What do we have coming up on Mountain High Appliance, just in case you missed it? The Nuggets are out in Beantown tonight, taking on the Boston Celtics, and we will also talk about a very uh, special new inductee into the Hall of Fame who was selected last night, the first of his kind. That's all coming up next right here on Afternoon Drive with Goodman and Mason on Mile High Sports. Let's leave Chicago to the Eskimo That time too 
Afternoon Drive with Goodman and Mason, presented by Silter Har Mazda. A no-pressure buying experience in Broomfield at Silter Har Mazda. Find them at sthmazda.com. Live from the Sasquatch Casino and Wildcard Casino Sports Desk, here's Eric and Andrew. Welcome back. Afternoon Drive. Goodman Mason. Watch us. MileHighSports.com. You can reach us. Rocky Mountain Forest Products Twitter feed at Mace Denver at Eric Goodman. If you're looking for wholesale lumber to the public, go to rmfp.com. Time now for the final word. The final word. Presented by Greenfield's Pool and Sports Bar in Lakewood. Greenfield's has everything under one roof, including the best happy hour in town. Two for one wine, well, and drafts from 3 until 7 p.m. Just in case you missed it. Presented by Mountain High Appliance, Colorado's favorite appliance store for 25 years in Louisville, Colorado Springs, and now open in their new store in Littleton. Go to mountainhighappliance.com. Just in case you missed it, at 5.30 p.m. Mountain Time, the Denver Nuggets will be taking on the Boston Celtics all the way out on the East Coast. Boston has won six straight, made a couple deals at the deadline as well. So not all those guys will be available for them tonight, but they did move on from P.J. Dozier and Bull Bull, who they had received earlier in the three-way deal with the Nuggets, Spurs, and Celtics. Unfortunately for the Nuggets, Monte Morris is in concussion protocol and will not play, as first reported by Harrison Wind of DNVR. And it is expected that Bones Highland will be the point guard starting tonight with the rest of the Nuggets starters. Boston, six-point home favorites against the Nuggets. Do you think that Bones gives them enough juice on offense and the bench continues to play well for the Nuggets to cover that six points as the underdogs in Beantown? Well, it depends if they can shut down the J team, not the A team, the J team, because really Boston's a two-player two team. Jason Tatum, Jalen Brown. Other than that, Schrader, Smart, Horford, they're, they're all expendable. You know what I mean? It's how do they do against those two guys defensively, right? And if they can find a way to contain 26 points and 24 points a game and don't let somebody else go off, maybe. But at the end of the day, you have Jokic on the floor. And honestly, we, you know, we talked about it earlier on in the show. Um, Tim Conley said there's a chance that Murray and Michael Porter Jr. will come back. If they do... Just stay in the playoff hunt. Just just stick around long enough for those guys to get in because this game, it's not that it's meaningless. You want to get a win, but if those two guys come back, that, that that's all that matters. It's kind of like load managing two guys for the entire year. They come back fresh. Yeah, this is going to be Bones' first career start, assuming that happens. The Nuggets are 10-2 and two when Bones plays at least 21 minutes. So I like their chances tonight. Cover the spread? Cover the spread and win straight up. Wow, whoa. Hey. Okay. I think they got a chance. Yeah, they usually play up to the level of competition. So depending on who uh, Aaron Gordon's guarding tonight, he'll probably be on Jason Tatum the majority of the time. But if Jalen Brown gets hot, maybe they switch it up at some point. I got a question for you. Absolutely. Every once in a while, you bet on sports. Is that right? That's true. I just placed some bets on uh, this Nuggets game here. I know you did. During the show. I know you did. You know why? How did you know? Because very rarely do you ask a question with a point spread in mind. 
That's true. I do it occasionally. Yep. Not often. Right. And I'm guessing you do it on those games that you bet on. You're, you're asking the, the two of us schmucks to help you out on a <laughs> point spread? Please. Well, I already placed my bet. Right. And I bet on the Nuggets to cover. Okay. Well, then I'll make you feel better. The Nuggets will easily cover. Well, now I don't feel so good if you both think they're going to cover. <laughs> As a matter of fact, forget about covering. May said they're going to win outright. Yeah. I might I might have to sprinkle a little on the money line as well. we'll okay. See. Just like I will be doing with the uh, Bengals on Sunday. I should I should make the uh, caveat here that my predictions are not to be used as the base of an actual cash wager. Right. I don't want to be responsible for people losing money. And you know what? If you have a problem, Danny, call 1-800-522-4700. Yep. There you go. That's the number. Yep. Uh, just in case you missed it, three-time <laughs> Super Bowl champion with the Raiders, Cliff Branch has become the first Colorado Buffalo to be selected to the Pro Football Hall of Fame. Uh, he's a Raider, so some people here in Broncos country might not be a big fan of his, but he played in both Oakland and L.A., three-time Super Bowl champ, and he has some electric highlights I was watching today from his time in CU. Uh, the, it's a little grainy, the footage, but yep. it's still pretty impressive to see what he was doing out there in the black and gold. Who will be the next Colorado Buffalo in the Hall of Fame? Oh, jeez. Can, can I say this about Cliff Branch? He was a terrific player. Of course, yeah. But Henry Eller deserves to be in the Hall of Fame more than Cliff Branch. Yeah, I've heard someone else say that, too. Yeah. I mean, I do believe that. But but it's great. Here's something else. We have talked. I don't mean to go off topic here. For however many years in a row, a Broncos guy has gone into the Hall of Fame, right? Mm-hmm. Well, now we have a CU buff who played his career here in college and Tony Baselli, who's from here. Yeah. And it's getting no fanfare at all. I understand why this is Broncos country. I, Nobody cares where Tony Baselli played high school football. I understand. Fairview High School. In That's my point. Yeah. But the thing is, well, with all respect to Cliff Branch, Tony Baselli is far more Colorado as a state. No question. And you can argue is maybe the greatest football player ever produced here. Who else has come out of Colorado and is in the Hall of Fame? You know all that off the top of your head? Off my head. Uh, Dutch Clark from Pueblo. Wow, we have to go way back. It's it's a it's a while. Um, now Danny asked the next buff to get in the Hall of Fame. Uh, I can tell you. I'll give you one. Bakhtiari. Yep. Has yep. he has he done enough to this point? He I believe is a four time Pro Bowler or a three time Pro. I'm looking it up now. Three time Pro Bowler. Yep. Uh, two-time first-team All-Pro. That's he, it? Yeah. He's, no, that's not enough yet. He's going to have to do... You know what would help him? If Aaron Rodgers came back and they finally broke through and won a Super Bowl. Because if that happens, then you'll have Packers enter the chat. You know what? He is a two-time first-team All-Pro, three-time second-team All-Pro. To me, that holds far more weight over being a three-time Pro Bowler. So let's see where he's at this year. Maybe he gets another Pro Bowl nod or all pro nod. I don't think he will. Would have helped him if he'd been an all decade for the twenty tens, but he didn't. That right. was uh Jason Peters, Joe Thomas, Joe Staley, Tyrone Smith. Yeah, I can understand why those guys got that nod. Yeah. But I I mean, really there's there's no one who you can say from CU is is on a hall is on a true Hall of Fame trajectory right now. Right. I mean, the only CU guy I can think of off the top of my head who's been really good is Mason Crosby mm -hmm. that is currently in the NFL. But you can make the case. Philip Lindsay was a pro bowler. Are we really going there? 
I did that for you. I know. Uh, I know how you feel about Phil. Well, we'll think about this for a second. For five years, for five consecutive seasons, Uh 2016 to 2020, David Bakhtiari was one of the top four guys at his position. That's significant. Yes. For five consecutive years, that should not be overlooked. It shouldn't be overlooked. And I would say... I'd expect him to be a, f- a finalist at some point. I think he'll get at the at the minimum. I think he'll get in the room, but there's more that he's going to have to accomplish to get in. Uh, I, I just kind of want to take it in in another in another direction here. Um, is there a CSU guy that you could talk about being on track to be a Hall of Famer right now? Mm, I'll say this. You can make the case that Joey Porter should be at least in the room. Well, you can make case that Joey Porter might be outside of maybe our friend Chad Brown Mm -hmm. might be the best collegiate player to come out of Colorado, meaning Colorado, Colorado State and Air Force in the last 20 something years. Yes. Joey Porter. What's his uh, resume look like? I'm sure you're looking it up right now. Joey Porter. He, let's see, one, two, three, four Pro Bowls, yep. one All-Pro, yep. starter on one Pittsburgh Steelers World Championship team. Uh, that would be the 05 team. Well, that, I, that's a that's a hall, what, what Peter King would call, that's a hall of very good resume. Well, I do and know. And he came in just under 100 sacks at 98. 100 sacks, that's a number that might have helped his cause. Sure. Well, I'll, I'll say short. this about Chad. I know his resume because he used to be a regular guest on mm-hmm. the show. He is a two-time first-team All-Pro and a three-time Pro Bowler. That's just as impressive. As Joey Porter's No resume. question about it. Right. No question about it. Yeah, so basically, the Colorado guy in the Hall of Fame, whether it's CSU, CU, anywhere else, right. it's, it's exceptionally rare. I mean, you've got good players. Like Shaq Barrett's having a very good career. He is now. Yes. Yep. All right. To say Hall of Fame trajectory, he's got he's got a lot of work to do. That was Mountain High Appliance. Just in case you missed it, their sales staff really is what makes Mountain High Appliance special because when you're making a purchase like that, you need to ask questions and you need people who ask you the right questions. The sales staff is so important when you're making a purchase like a, a high-end refrigerator or a stove or something like that, and they got that there. They have people who have been working there for decades. They can really get you what you want. Mountain High Appliance, you can find them in Louisville, Littleton. You can also find their clearance center in Denver. Coming up after the break, Aaron Rodgers won his fourth MVP last night, but winning the award isn't what made news. It's what he said after winning the award that made people think, huh, Is Aaron Rodgers one step out the door and into retirement? We'll talk about that next.